Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your hosts. I'm Erica. And I'm Abby. Today, I want to tell you guys about the murder of Ricky McCormick. So pour yourselves a strong cup of joe and let's dive in. On June 30th of 1999, a body of an African-American man was found in a cornfield in West Alton, Missouri. It was determined that he had been in the field for several days based off the extreme decomposition he had had. And the decomposition had made it hard to determine cause of death. But due to where the body was located, authorities kind of believed that it was likely it was a homicide. I guess this area had been a dumping ground for people who had been murdered prior. But... The coroner ruled his death as undetermined. They matched the fingerprints to 41-year-old Ricky McCormick. Ricky McCormick had worked part-time at a gas station, which was about 15 to 20 miles away from where his body was found. He lived partially with family and partially on the streets and stayed with some friends sometimes as well. He was kind of just be bopping around. Um, He didn't have a steady home. He was, in addition to working at the gas station, collecting on disability because he had had heart and lung issues. When investigators and police looked into Ricky, they saw that he actually had a past. He had had multiple misdemeanors and served time in prison for statutory rape. And he was also involved in drug dealing and was known to be involved with some of the people who were also involved with drug dealing in the area. Ricky had grown up kind of different. According to family and friends, he maybe had some mental disabilities. They always described him as quiet and withdrawn and a little standoffish and would say he always seemed like he was in another world. He wasn't very great with his academics. He had a hard time reading and writing, and he eventually dropped out of high school. Throughout his life, he had just worked odd jobs, odd and end jobs, um, worked as a janitor, dishwasher, busboy, those kind of lower level jobs that don't need a whole lot of education to do. And as I said earlier, he was living mostly off of his disability checks that he had been gathering from his heart problems. And then working part-time at this gas station, which apparently some of the people that also worked at the gas station and that he worked for had been in trouble with the law prior as well. Some of them had been in trouble for gang affiliations, for drug dealing. There was one of them who had even been in trouble for potentially stabbing and murdering somebody. So he didn't necessarily run with a very straight edge crowd. It sounds like from the things that he was doing with, you know, selling drugs and hanging out with a bunch of drug dealers and then working with a bunch of other criminals, you're right. He probably wasn't in the best group of people that he could be. Oh, no, not at all. It sounds like, you know, from his past and his present, he he definitely wasn't keeping his nose clean. He was known to sleep all day and get out, go out at night and just kind of rampage around and do, you know, God knows what. Uh, He got into a lot of fights. He was known for this. As I mentioned earlier, he had served time in prison prior to being found in the field um, in November of 1992. So seven years prior to his body being found, 
He was arrested. He was 34 at the time. And he was arrested because he had had two kids with a girl younger than 14. And what we know of this is that he had been having sexual intercourse with her since she was 11 years old. Did she not have parents? I am not sure. There's not a lot of information on her because she was so young. All we know is that Ricky's family knew her as, quote, pretty baby, end quote, which I assume is what Ricky called her. Okay, so they had two kids together. One's an accident. Two's on purpose, right? Like, you'd think that at 14, that's so young. And it was somewhere between 11 and 14. She had two kids. And you said he was 31 at the time? Yes. Of that? Or 32? 31. Either way. 31 at the time of arrest. So, 30s, yeah. Ridiculous. (laughs) That's insane. It's so bad. And can we go back to the fact that he called her pretty baby? Yeah, that made my skin crawl when you said it. It makes my stomach cringe. I don't even know if that's the correct way to word that. But it's... Nope. I just feel like it's an overall bad situation. I personally want to know more information about this girl because it sounds like maybe her life wasn't headed down the right path. I know it's sad and you know I I wish I knew more about her and her how she got involved with him because it sounds like she either A didn't have parents or B had parents who potentially were not keeping track of what was going on in her life or just being terrible parents who knows. Um, I don't know the situation, but it's not great. It's not looking good. Ricky's looking pretty rough right now. While he was on trial for this case, his public defender tried to claim that Ricky wasn't able to stand trial because he had mental disease or defects. And he was tested by a local psychologist who did find him mentally competent to stand trial. And he was never diagnosed with any mental disorders. He was described as street smart with an active imagination and potentially a naive childlike attitude, which is coming from his family and people around him, his friends and co-workers and whatnot. On September 1st, 1993, he pled guilty to this crime and spent 13 months in jail at the Farmington Correctional Center And then was sent home a year early on a conditional release. And yes, I said that because I want a reaction. Condition for what? Like, what what were the conditions? I don't know the conditions, but he was only in jail for 13 months for this. I think I've made it obvious and clear on previous episodes. I don't have a whole lot of faith in the criminal justice system in the form of sentencing. The sentencing that they do makes zero sense and the amount of time that people serve for different crimes or like are released for different crimes varies so much between each case and it could be the exact same thing that occurs and it just depends on the judge that day and how they're feeling and then it depends on who's involved with it later on and whether or not they decide to release them early but none of it makes any sense to me. No, and I find it so insane how often it is that either rape cases or statutory rape cases or child molestation cases don't carry a longer sentence. What year did you say this was again? 90s? Uh, Yeah, it was 93. Maybe things were different a little bit in the 90s with that. I don't don't know if it wasn't taken as seriously because, I mean, 
if you look back, you know, 50, 80, hundreds of years ago, there's obviously going to be a lot different opinions on the age difference between individuals and sexual relations. So I, I don't, I mean, I know it's the 90s, so I would hope that it's not that drastic, but maybe it wasn't as frowned upon as it became over the last, I don't know, 30 years. It, I don't know. I mean, it was just the 90s. It's not like it was like the 30s. I I think it's just, it's the standard. Like you see it in so many cases where they, it just isn't carrying the sentence that you would think it would. Well, that's the thing. I mean, so this case, he's in his 30s and it's a 14-year-old who he's fathered two children with. And the sexual relations have been going on for three years. So, but then, and so he serves 13 months. Then you see other cases where an individual has one sexual relation with somebody or a nude photo is sent between the two and then somebody like the older person spends years in prison. Yeah, like I mean like you mentioned it just depends on the judge, the case, the day it happens, who what their mood is, what is laid out and it you you think there'd be a little bit more unification amongst the jurisdictions, but dear well, lord. Well, it's the same with it's the same with everything, not just rape. I mean, even with murder, like some people are getting life sentences for murder. And then there's some people out there who get life sentence for a single rape. And then there's people out there who murder eight people and they get, yeah, we'll give them a couple years, eight years. Yeah. How does that make any sense? It, it doesn't. If any of you have an answer as to how this makes sense, please let us know. We are very curious. So a couple of weeks prior to his death, Ricky had gone to Orlando, Florida. He took a Greyhound bus there. It's not clear who he went there to meet. However, they were able to trace some of his phone calls and they believe that maybe he was down there picking up some marijuana to bring back and sell. During this time, he had a girlfriend And she gives a little bit of information to authorities, a little bit of insight to what he was up to. She had said that Ricky would often accept offers to go pick up and deliver packages for money. Um, Packages with quotations around them. AKA drugs. Yes. And that he had made several trips to Florida prior to this and on several occasions had brought marijuana into the apartment and that they would, the drugs would typically be sealed in Ziploc bags and rolled together into bundles the size of baseballs, which is just so interesting. I'm not a drug dealer, and I also personally don't do drugs, but why were they rolled like baseballs? I don't know. It's like little bags rolled together into a baseball-sized ball, and it just seems, <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's like an efficient way to transport them. I don't know, but I thought that was odd like Uh, i said i don't have much knowledge on the subject i like to roll mine into footballs well to each their own the mystery has been solved here at crime over coffee our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is fire department coffee and you can get some as well and save 15 percent with our exclusive coupon code crimepod15 owned and operated by firefighters and veterans 10 percent of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, 
help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. Apparently, according to the girlfriend, Ricky had also admitted to holding stashes of weed for, um, his name was Baha Hamdallah. He was one of the workers at the gas station or the owner. I'm not sure. There was a family connection in there, so I'm not sure which one he was. She said that Ricky didn't talk about his trips to Orlando much, but this last time he went, when he got back, he seemed a little off. She said he seemed scared and even erratic and like maybe he felt like he was in trouble. And interestingly, she said it seemed like he was trying to find a safe place to stay, which is interesting when you look at a couple of occurrences that happened prior to his body being found. So on June 22nd, this would have been eight days prior to when his body was found. He went to the ER complaining of chest pains. And this wasn't that uncommon of him. He had chest and heart issues and he had asthma and he also smoked and drank and took a lot of caffeine, I guess. So it was common for him to have some side effects from this. Wait, is caffeine bad for you? You know, it is. (laughs) In high quantities, yes. Our quantities, probably. The doctor ruled that he didn't have a heart attack or anything, and they did keep him under observation for two days. And then Ricky left and took a bus to his aunt's apartment, which was nearby, and visited with her for about an hour. Did the doctor determine what it was, or did he just kind of account it to the amount of caffeine intake he'd had? I'm pretty sure he just accounted it to the caffeine and maybe... I mean, Ricky told them that he didn't drink or do drugs or anything like that. But I think the doctors probably were well versed enough to know that that was likely the cause of it. It's not like a smoker can really hide the fact that they smoke. (laughs) I mean, your lungs say it all. Yes. Okay. And then he left the ER and took a bus to his aunt's apartment who lived nearby and visited with her for about an hour. And then the following day, he went back to the emergency room complaining, saying he was having troubles of breathing. And the doctor just basically said it was asthma-related issues, and they didn't even admit him. Within an hour, he was to leave the hospital. However, he did not leave the hospital, and he stayed in the waiting room overnight and left the next morning. I wish that doctors would take it a little bit more seriously, and I'm wondering if they didn't, if they knew he was, like, homeless. Mm. Because sometimes homeless people can be more of a reoccurring patient at hospitals because they're looking for a place to stay. Right. So I don't know if that's why they didn't take it more seriously, but that's unfortunate that they just brushed it off immediately and they're like, you're just having an asthma attack. Like they didn't even check because he's admitting himself two days after he was just in there for a potential heart attack and now they're just brushing it off. Like there's obviously some sort of medical stuff going on. Yeah, I think that's that's a really great point you bring up because... As I mentioned earlier, his death was ruled undetermined. So is it possible that he had something more serious going on, a more serious ailment that they just were missing or not even checking for? That's something I had not even thought about prior. So I'm glad you made that point. Well, yeah, I mean, different medical conditions can present themselves in different ways. I mean, people that have heart attacks like actual heart attacks will have symptoms days before that indicate that a potential heart attack is coming and some of the symptoms are just normal 
things like vomiting or fever or like just simple things and then they have a heart attack and sometimes that heart attack can obviously kill them Mm -hmm. but it's important to kind of keep an eye out for a lot of different symptoms that you can have until like i would always recommend going to your doctor to be checked out but it seems in this situation the doctor just was unfortunately brushing him off well you know what i would assume is since he was in there just a couple days prior and they ruled that it wasn't a heart attack or anything i wonder if it was they saw that he was in there and they said it was okay and they thought maybe he was just you know trying to take advantage of the place to stay like you said yeah which i mean obviously we know how this ends and hindsight's hindsight's 2020 but Mm -hmm. it is just kind of unfortunate that's where they kind of went with it and they just kind of pushed him off to the side his girlfriend said that she had talked to him on the phone around 11 30 in the morning on june 26th which was the following day from that second er visit and he said he was going to go to the gas station he worked at and get something to eat and then an employee that worked with ricky had said that on june 27th so the following day he saw ricky at the gas station and saw him leave and according to the coroner that's the day that ricky was believed to have died so a couple things that's a little interesting one big one that i'm gonna kind of push off for a little bit so just get ready for that but first he ended up 15 to 20 miles away from where he worked lived existed that's where his body was he didn't have a car so he either walked out there maybe took some type of public transportation there although there was no record of it or somebody took him there like i had mentioned he had been running around with some people who weren't really into legal activities so investigators and family and friends do think that ricky was likely killed in either some situation maybe a fight or like a drug deal gone wrong and that his body was dumped there so you said that his death was undetermined were there any signs of like blunt force trauma or bruising or signs that a fight had occurred apparently according to the coroner the body was so decomposed that he couldn't infer anything concrete from it which i personally think is interesting because that sounds wait how many how many days was it about three or four i mean he was in the middle of a cornfield in missouri in the middle of summer okay you're right but still i think you were gonna say it because i could tell by your face how can they not be able to determine what is decomposition and what is like and if it was blunt force trauma when it if it was considered blunt force trauma wouldn't you see damage to like the skull or something like the actual bones that's why i'm thinking what their maybe conclusion was was that there wasn't any blunt force trauma or any trauma to the bones but maybe like because of decomp and like i would i'm assuming his skin was decomposed And you wouldn't be able to see signs of bruising, maybe, that maybe he was, like, strangled or suffocated and could have possibly died that way. A lot of times with the strangulation, though, you can see that in the bones, in the bone structure for your Mm -hmm. throat because it will collapse. Right. trachea, that's what it's called. Your trachea will collapse if you're strangled. Right. So you'd think that they would be able to determine it. Also, I mean, we have how many cases that we've done where bodies haven't been found for weeks or months and they're still able to determine cause of death? That's why I don't know if it's maybe it was the area it's in the corners just not well versed in murders 
in finding that kind of stuff. Maybe this is something uncommon. Maybe they just didn't care because they assume it was drug related or because he was slightly homeless. I don't know, but I just thought it was so weird that it was, it's baffling to me when something, a death like that is undetermined. But investigators and authorities were, like they say that they believe it was a homicide. Did they do a toxicology on him? Yes. Okay. I don't have the results for it. I know that they did a toxicology and that also led to an undetermined cause of death. It just says after the toxicology report and the medical exam, this is what they ended with. I would like to see the autopsy and the toxicology report because I have questions. Right. I was thinking that too. And I'm sure we could maybe track it down. I'm not sure. Um, But I thought it was, I thought, I felt like we were missing something. It'd be nice if they'd release autopsy reports in every unsolved case. Mm -hmm. Not only for curiosity, but also for curiosity like i want to know like i want to look at it and see but part of me wonders you know me i always go with weird theories what if the coroner and the police department were all trying to cover something up maybe maybe everyone was involved you never know you should have known that i was going to suggest that well and you can assume that he probably had at least marijuana in his system since we know his i mean his girlfriend said he was a drug user in that sense um well because i was thinking i mean so he was far away what if he had done so he had heart problems mm -hmm. what if he had taken some sort of drug Mm -hmm. like cocaine or something that gave him this giant burst of energy and he just kind of maybe went off the deep end a little bit went off the rails had some sort of adrenaline rush i don't know and started running and ended up in the middle of this field where he had a heart attack and died or like had some sort of bad reaction to the drugs that he had taken and it led to his death ray i can imagine a lot of drugs don't coincide well with heart and lung issues you would think yeah like probably not the best combination unless you want to die yeah i can't imagine it's great for your heart all right so there's something i omitted from a little bit earlier when they found his body additionally in ricky's jean pockets were two notes two pieces of paper two encrypted notes is how they were described now this murder or undetermined cause of death happened in 99 and in 2011 the fbi releases a statement regarding his murder they are releasing photos of the notes that were found in ricky's pockets trying to find help because on these notes were about 30 lines of coded text, which includes numbers, letters, parentheses, a weird combination of stuff. And Erica, I sent them to you, so go ahead and check those out. So the FBI releases this because they're trying to figure out what it's saying? Correct. So here's what happened. The FBI's Cryptography and Racketeering Crime Unit in Quantico, Virginia, which is famous for trying to crack ciphers and codes, had said that they were stumped by it. They couldn't figure out what in the heck this note was saying. And so they were trying to appeal to people who are interested in this and good in this and hoping that somebody could help figure out what it was saying because they believe it could help solve the case. And they do refer to Ricky's death as a homicide. Okay, so I'm looking at these notes. 
I'm serious when I say that the Zodiac Killer notes make more sense than this does. And we all know his make no sense. But this literally looks like he just wrote letters. Like yeah, letters and not, numbers. Not like a letter, like a something that you're going to mail to somebody, but just like, like it's so well, a little bit. T-F-R-N-E-N-I-T-N-S-E-N-P. What? Right. And also, so I was going to ask on the second picture that you sent me, some of those are like circled. Mm-hmm. So there's like five bubbles almost. I guess you could call them. Mm-hmm. Did he do that or did they do that? He did. Okay. And then I hate to ask, what are the stains on the note? Uh, I assume they were shoved in his pocket. So any number of fluids, I would assume maybe like sweat or just from decomp. What's, you know, interesting, like you mentioned, there's like there's chunks of it circled. There's chunks in parentheses. There's dashes. There's clearly some spaces in between some places in the bottom right of the second photo, there's a part that says one half, and it's like M U N D D L S. It kind of looks, yeah, it kind of looks like either one half muddles, yeah, or one half murder or something. <laughs> it's it's a hodgepodge, and yes, it looks random, but yes, it looks like there's like something going on with the parentheses, the spaces, the dashes, the different groupings. There's different things that, like, if I look at, like, unless, just at first glance, it kind of looks like a, a, a word, an actual word. But then when you actually look at it, you realize that those letters don't actually make a word. Mm-hmm. But just kind of, like, glancing, it almost looks like it. Were there any signs of, like, dyslexia or, because I know you said that there were some um, possible mental disabilities, but were there any signs you said he struggled with reading and writing did he actually not know how to properly read or write and so he just couldn't spell and he was doing his best yeah so that's you know that's the thing it 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 goes to this who wrote the note and the fbi and chief dan olson of that unit i was mentioned earlier says that he thinks it's some type of note that's written to oneself rather than someone else. So he believes Ricky wrote this in a way so that only he could read it and understand it. Something that I notice, just like quickly glancing, he repeats the letter in this order, um, L-S-E, a lot. I think I just saw, I saw it like five or six different times. I also typically see an R right around that. Like it's either R-L-S-E or L-R-S-E. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why those four letters are grouped together so often, but I see it in a lot of different places. Right. And they do mention that there's a lot of E's in it. So maybe they're used as spaces. Um, there are a ton of E's. Yeah. But also back to your, your question you just asked, he was known to have very low abilities in reading and writing. There was one comment that he could barely write his name. I don't know how accurate that is or if that was just a description, but they're wondering because he was kind of like withdrawn and in his own head, as people would say, that maybe he did come up with this weird internal thing just to talk to himself because he was kind of a strange person with like these introvert tendencies. Wait, which one are you thinking that they he tried to write his name on the first one without all the circles at the bottom? No, I'm just saying people said that he could barely even write his name. 
Oh, I thought you said that they said that he thought he was trying to write his name. No, or they, thought he was trying to write his they name. were saying he could barely write his name and they don't know if he would have the mental capacity to write this or come up with a code so complex. I think it's gibberish. Like, I, I would be really surprised if they come forward and I'd be really surprised if they came forward and they're like, this is what it says. And it's like some elaborate thing. Like I said, I see a lot of similar groupings together and then ease used a lot. So, Mm -hmm. for example, if somebody that doesn't know how to speak Spanish, for example, they will add like just like jokingly, they'll add like a to the end of it. Like they would be like gas station a like gas station a like kind of trying to say it in like a Spanish accent. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm hmm. Okay. What if he is, like, in his gibberish language that he has come up with, it sounds the same at the end. And that's why we're seeing all the E's is because that's how his words end in his mind, I guess. Right. Or, like, if you try to say gibberish because it's not a real language, I think probably 40% of the time you're probably going to use the same sound or like pattern throughout it because it's it's not actually something real and concrete you're just kind of making it up on the fly if it is truly gibberish and something that doesn't even even mean anything then i can't imagine it's gonna be cracked ever but it's weird if you put all the circumstances together it's weird that he was found they they're thinking it's a homicide and he has this weird these weird notes shoved in his pockets and some people like theorize like was it a murderer who planted that to confuse police and send them on this weird track or was ricky carrying a cipher note from someone to someone maybe it was some criminals that were involved in the drug ring like giving passing information on to someone else that only they could understand so police wouldn't be able to if they found it and that part makes me look at the one half thing because now we're looking at numerals and obviously if we're talking drugs numbers are going to be involved and there's numbers used in here a couple different times Mm -hmm. i think that's the only fraction i see yeah but i mean i see this is either a three or a two i can't really tell but it looks like it says like three six ml se like is that supposed to like if for example the e is the space is that supposed to be like 36 milliliters or something would probably be like well, typically I don't know. It's, it's like grams or milligrams when maybe it's milligrams. Drugs, but wouldn't they switch it to deter that thought? Maybe. And then I see. I think it's possibly three F six five one. There's nine nine point eight four point five two. Is that coordinates? Maybe. I don't know. It's I'm weird. That into Google and now. Obviously, guys, we're gonna post these for you guys to look at. And kind of determine for yourself. Um, something the FBI provides in this information is that there's apparently four basic steps to breaking a code. Um, one is determining the language that's used. Two is determining the system that's used. Three is reconstructing the key. And four is reconstructing the plain text. And on uh, the FBI site where they're talking about this they talk they give you a like an example and have you apply the four steps so you can look at that through the link we provide to you so i googled the numbers so it says 99.84.5 and i thought the two was part of it but there's a space in between it so i decided it was separate when i type it in though it brings me up to this website and it's hacker news and so people are on here talking about 
how he had his own language since he was a kid. This is a forum, though, so you guys are going to have to decide whether or not you think this is accurate or not, but this is just what I found with a quick Google search. So they said that he had his own language since he was a child, and then they start talking about Asperger's, and maybe he had Asperger's. So people with Asperger's will have... It's very similar to autism, so they're going to have similar like social skills that people would consider an autistic child to have or an autistic person to have. So they're going to struggle with some different social skills. They're obviously not going to be what society considers quote unquote normal, but a lot of times they really excel in one certain area. So individuals with Asperger's or autism will have one specific area that they really excel at. And typically it's something concrete like math or art where it's very concrete and you can't like shy away from it or things can't be different. It's always going to be the same. So if he had Asperger's and had come up with this code on his own, I mean, he could seem mentally disabled to people around him that don't really know, but he might also be extremely smart in this one area and in his own head have this own code that he follows basically right and you know what's interesting with that is with the mental disabilities and whatnot it's all in a way hearsay because if you want something concrete to prove against the fact that he had mental disabilities is they had a psychologist psychiatrist look at him when he was in court for his charges against the young girl and they said that he didn't they didn't diagnose him with anything which i think is interesting that is that's interesting. When was that that he was tested? That would have been 93. Asperger's syndrome was not actually considered a disability or a disorder and not added to the DSM-5 until 1994. So he might not have fallen into the category of autism or anything, but he might have fallen into the category of Asperger and they just didn't know about it at the time. And so it wasn't put in there because they do display themselves so similarly. And like even to in today's society, like kids are being diagnosed with autism when they actually have Asperger's. And it's not until they get into their late teens or early 20s that they're actually discovering that it is Asperger's and they're being diagnosed with it. Which is interesting because, you know, it he fits some of the profiles and some of the characteristics. He was a little awkward around people. He was withdrawn, kind of, you know, people described him as in his own head, in his own world. So it makes you wonder. And there's, to me, even aside from the cipher, so many questions around his death. Like, was it a murder? Did he have some reaction to drugs or some medical condition that caused him to die? But then why was he out there? I agree that it's strange that he's out there. I did have one last comment really quick about the note. You said that he had struggled with reading and writing as a kid. If he had come up with this code in his head prior to when he started learning to read and write and he did have Asperger's or autism or something, it would have been really hard for him to stray from what he'd already kind of come up with in his head. Or if he was when he was learning it, he was coming up with this. And so he learned how to read and write, but in his own way, and he didn't know how to express it. So it kind of, to me, makes that makes sense. The circumstances of his death, I definitely think are very suspicious and confusing. I really wish that they'd release more of the autopsy because I feel like there's more, but it doesn't seem like there's any reason for them to hide anything in this situation. I agree. It's another one of those cases, and I I feel like a broken record. I say this every time. Feels like they're keeping stuff from us. 
the investigators in the case are keeping stuff from us for one reason or another. To this day, the FBI haven't released that the cipher has been broken or the code, you know, figured out, and his case remains unsolved. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. If you would like to support us, go to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. You can also join our Patreon family, where you can get early access to our episodes and exclusive content such as our new Monday minis and a bonus monthly episode for as little as a cup of coffee a month. Donations to our podcast are always greatly appreciated and go into making the podcast possible. Other ways to support us include recommending us to friends and family, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening medium. If interested, all of our sources can be found in the show notes of each episode. If you have case suggestions, feel free to reach out through any of our platforms or email at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.